Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mind Refinery podcast, brought to you by us, the Mind Refinery, creators of content, aggregators of popular culture, and the place where creatives go to thrive. I am your host, Kyle Bodanis. We wanted to start off the pod by hoping all of you are staying healthy and safe as we go through this kind of surreal time in our lives. We also wanted to shout out the medical professionals and essential workers who have been key in helping us through the current situation. It's going to be a little bit of a different setup currently for our show. Usually we get the team together and record these things, but obviously with everything going on, we can't get the group together. So we've taken the show on the road, or more accurately, our apartments. This week, Andrew Lance and I are talking about 31512, the new record from Childish Gambino, and how it fits into the creative world of Donald Glover. And now, without further ado, here's the show. All right, guys, we're here for our first social distancing uh, edition of the Mind Refinery podcast with Mind Refinery creative Andrew Lanza. Andrew Lanza, how you doing? Hey, hey, I'm good. How are you? It's good to hear a human's voice. I mean, it's always good to have uh, interpersonal relationships again, even if it's through a digital situation. Uh, how is social distancing for you? I live alone, so it's uh, it's a little lonely, but, uh, you know, talking to the homies, got, got the group chats going, doing lots of Zoom calls, talking to the fam, doing FaceTime with them and stuff. So, I mean, just keeping up with everybody as best I can, yeah. adhering to the quarantine, go, going out for food you know, once a week, going out for the odd evening walk here and there, staying two meters apart from everybody as best I can. But uh, yeah, I mean, could be worse is what I'll say. How about you, man? Uh, same idea. Uh, you know, I'm with my, you know, we had to, me and my fiance, Samantha, had to postpone our wedding and uh, it was a little bit intense, but, you know, now we've been locked in a house together for three straight weeks and we're not killing each other, which I think bodes well for the marriage so i'm uh you know i'm pretty happy with it obviously you know we're not homeless or anything people who have like re- are gonna have really tough times getting through this so like you know that's we don't have it that bad we just push through it you know what i mean exactly and just just like what i was saying before i mean we're, like i'm not sick nobody i know is sick we have food we got all sorts of things to keep us distracted you know netflix video games whatever so we're definitely lucky and uh yeah i'm not going to complain and just uh like a a huge shout out and a huge thank you to all the frontline workers the delivery drivers the mechanics that keeps everybody everything moving obviously all the uh you know um the healthcare workers firefighters like you know you're not going to hear me say it often but the police but uh yeah just shout outs to everybody who's just keeping society going so so i wanted to talk we're here to talk about 31512 the new childish gambino album came out about uh, it was i think two three weeks ago surprise drop what is your initial thoughts on this my initial thoughts first of all right off the top i was i i was super hyped i think i think it was samantha's day for the post on instagram and she posted that it got leaked which i don't think i mean i don't think it was a leak i think it was you know it, I, it was on purpose but um so I gave it like a quick listen and initial thoughts were, I was like, not really down with it. So I listened to it once. And then once it actually dropped for real, I was do it again on Spotify. And yeah, I got to say, I was, um, I was a little disappointed overall. I mean, I'm never going to shit on somebody for making art. You know what I mean? Ever. It's, it's not a bad album. And I can't even say it was overhyped because there was no hype. It was just, 
I knew was coming eventually. And when it did come, I was excited for it. But I got to say, I was just a little bit uh, underwhelmed with it overall. Do you think that's part of the fact that he's on a pretty intense run right now in terms of success? Because, I mean, you have, like, because the internet comes out, debuts at debuts at 7 on the billboards, then Awaken My Love, 5, This Is America, number 1 when it came out. Like, you know, obviously the success with Atlanta, Grammys, all that stuff. I feel like now there's, like, an expectation for whenever he does something now that it has to be at a certain level. Yeah, that's why I feel like he stealth dropped it, right? Because if, if there was this huge lead up for weeks and weeks and weeks or months even, there there would have been that huge, you know, expectations and this and that. And just going back to what you said with uh, This Is America, I mean, obviously amazing track, but iconic video. You know what I mean? That video is going to go down, in my opinion, in history as one of the, 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 the top videos of all time, without question. Um, just from a cinematography standpoint, the the choreography, the just the whole the the planning, uh, with yeah, I, I don't, I'm not sure how many takes it was, but it was it was a few long takes, and just everything about that video, the message at the time, just uh, exactly when it came out, it was just so poignant, and just everything about that song was just perfect. And and you know what, I I'm okay with it not being on um, three fifteen twelve, um, and then and then you had the the the, the two summer tracks that he released afterwards which i believe one of them is on three fifteen twelve. but yeah so there, there was going to be an expectation but but the man is he, he's a renaissance man you know what i mean like i can barely do one thing well this guy does all the things to a higher level you know what i mean so yeah just going back to what you said absolutely there was a ton of hype but it couldn't have lived up to the hype if it was you know plugged like for instance the new weekend album like that was getting there was um, singles released and I, and he, like I follow, I follow him on uh, able on Instagram and stuff and Twitter and it's just getting hyped and, and just all the time, like, you know, five more days till the album drops, three more days till the album dropped. And I don't think that would have worked as well with this album. No, I think kind of the gorilla release of it was smart. How do you think this new album relates to his? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me ask what you thought of this new album. Oh, okay. I almost got out of it. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So it's like, you know, I mean, I think a lot of my things with it are the same things I had issues I had with because the internet, which we will get into because I've kind of having listened to so much Childish Gambino in the last few days kind of reevaluated how I feel about, you know, certain things. I like it. I just think that it's not. I think with Childish Gambino and just Donald Glover in general, you know, in music, the question isn't whether he can put out a good record. This guy puts out good records. It's can he put out the great record? Can he put out the thing with staying power that lasts for a long time? Can he put out the music equivalent of Atlanta? Because now that he's put that art into the world, everyone, you know, and this is what happens when you're like the multi you know, medium artist is that people start cross pollinating with, with even criticism. I really, really, really liked it. I thought there was some certified fantastic tracks on it, but it just, it tapers off and I liked it. I was really hyped on it at the beginning, but you know, it didn't just stand up, you know, to multiple and multiple listens. I think that was my big issue with it. Now, let me just build on one thing before we move on that you just said, um, how you said it just tapers off. Not only do I think that the album tapers off, you know, you know what? Actually, I don't think it, it tapers off. As well. What I think the problem is, is every song, maybe not every song, but the majority of songs taper off where it's just kind of like, 
was that last 40 seconds of the song necessary for the majority of the songs? Yeah, and I think that it's not cohesive, which this is kind of why I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, Awaken My Love. Like, in terms of, from a album standpoint, that's his most successful so far, especially critically. Uh, although this one is actually receiving pretty wide critical enjoyment. But my thing with Awaken My Love, it's like, it was like a diversion from the rest of his music. I feel like this record has more to do with Because the Internet and camp than it does with awaken my love i think that that record is kind of a bit of a deviation it's very rooted in 70s funk and soul and it really grounds that record and makes it tight and makes it from top to bottom a good record all the way through it has a unifying motif his other records i don't think do that i don't say i mean i i i love half of because the internet but I need less tracks. I, I I think I think he needs to go with the less is more idea is the big thing. Well, first of all, because the internet, hands down, that's my favorite album of his. So I'm going to disagree with you on a lot of the points. I know we're going to talk about that album um, later on. But um, overall, like this album, just uh, I don't know how can I put it. I I, I really don't think it's on a. a a building on because the internet like because the internet is a straight up for the most part hip-hop album while this there's very little hip-hop in it i'd say that this album maybe doesn't build off um awaken my love but i feel like it's the next evolution of awaken my love it's well not maybe not the next excuse me not the next evolution of awaken my love but the next evolution of donald glover um i think there's a progression and but i don't think you could have got to this album 31512 without awaken my love in between i don't think without awaken my love in between this album i don't think would have been the same um just as far can, can, can we start talking about awaken my love now specifically yeah absolutely okay okay i just didn't want to jump the gun no it's all good um, like awaken my love i remember in i i heard um what's 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 the, what's the first track off it hold on i'm gonna i'm gonna pull up the 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 track list now that we're talking about it i'm i'm terrible with with song names oh the first track um, is me and your mama me and your, me and your mama so when i heard that song i heard that song the first time i'm like wow this is really cool um but i remember hearing it it was like released on twitter or something like that and i remember like listening to it kind of like at work or something and being like okay that was a really cool track and then i didn't really listen to it again because i was like you know what i'm just gonna wait for the album gonna like you know listen to it all the way through then album comes out and then i was focused in i'm like yes i'm listening to the new childish gambino album i had nothing else going on and i was focused on it and when that song kicks in i like i lost my mind i had fucking chills up and i'm getting chills now thinking about it i had chills up and down my spine just being like what the fuck is this this is incredible and it doesn't stop it's just banger after banger after banger the whole album is just so so solid the production on it is just so smooth all of it i just i just love that album so much so so much and just the um the effect on on just you know pop culture like you heard like um i i think um vine at the time was in its death throes and the uh like the, they had the red bone kind of remix challenge if you want to call it that where it's like they'd have all the different versions of like different sound effects doing like the like the little red bone um kind of riff i don't know what you want to call it little uh little diddly um and yeah so 
just that album he was already a super like that he was already a star at that time but that propelled him to to a whole nother level i i absolutely love that album see i I think that album see awake i think awaken my love has is the his tightest record because i was and i was thinking about okay why what is my beef with because the internet and i just realized if because the internet if i took the best sec if i took the best let's say uh, 11 songs 11 to 13 songs off because the internet i would think that's easily his best record because one through like 11 and the closing track are incredible because you have crawl you have fucking shadows sweatpants like 3005 absolutely incredible and but with because the internet he starts to experiment really with electro pop and with heavily into electronic music and that's mm-hmm. what makes it onto this one whereas the other one whereas awaken my love is more it's this really cool it's simultaneously a homage to 70s like funk and funkadelic and he lists george clinton as a huge influence but also like a satire like a satire of its success he almost like yeah he almost like deconstructs funk yes exactly so it's a so it's super meta as well it's exactly, exactly it's it's really looking at what is funny about it but also dealing with like putting it in good hands where it's super it well put together it. and like obviously like ludwig gornson his like his primary musical collaborator is a genius um Absolutely. and they've been together since like back in the day since like since like the mixtapes and shit like honestly like it's they're they complement each other well and i think that's what's kind of really good about his art in general because i know uh you mentioned the uh this is america video like that's hero mirai and like that's another example of like a collaboration that has done well with it and i think that's how he's been able to kind of seamlessly move from different mediums is that he's found these people who are good at helping him translate his ideas specifically for the medium and it's and just how he transcends mediums as you were saying um or media uh as you were saying it's it's just incredible how this guy like his career like you know what i mean this guy wins an emmy uh writing for 30 rock at what 21 i think mm-hmm. and then what does he do he's 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 on one of the most successful he's writing for one of the six most successful shows on tv at the time he's won a grant uh, an emmy for it i don't know if i said grammy before i meant emmy um he won an Emmy for it. And then what does he do? He quits it to, to star on community. Like he's taking a chance on some like random sitcom, like anti meta uh, sitcom after, you know, writing for one of the most popular shows on TV. And then he quits that. And he's like, I'm doing music full time. Then he quits that. I mean, he says he quits that and he's quit music, I think three or four times now, but, uh, and then he does Atlanta. So it's just, the man just keeps reinventing himself. He doesn't want to be pigeonholed or pegged as, as uh, any one thing. And then the dude's Lando? Like, come on. It was good. Well, this is what I, I'm saying. I this like this, record, this album is, you know, part of a, a long run where he's kicking ass. You know, I, I think with his music, it's a matter of, and this may be just him in general, it's a matter of do you enjoy listening to his experimentation? Because even on tracks i don't like and there was a few i didn't like on this record if you enjoy listening to him trying to figure it out 
then it's and I like that. I like process. I like hearing that. I think the big difference between Awaken My Love and this record is that Awaken My Love has a very specific theme and a very specific motif and it is organized around it and it was a risk to do it but he did it well and he he showed true love for the music and that style and he he did it his other records i feel like he's trying to find something he's trying to hit something he's trying to organize something he's trying to bring his influences together and he can't quite hit it that i think is the again the most evident thing on 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 this album well let's talk about specific tracks are is there what's what, what's your what's your standout track on this album i have three but the number one is 1910 it's a certified banger and i think it's maybe the only certified banger on the whole thing what do you think about time i feel like i don't i don't know if there's any singles on this album but i feel like if there were to be a single that would be it here's what i wrote about time i like how the bass rips through the dreaminess Ariana Grande's voice is wonderful in this res- in a, in a, in a restrained kind of way, and I love the synth. I really like Time. It was the first one I was really drawn to. The first time I listened to this uh, album, I was super baked, obviously, and um, <laughs> it was the you know, it was just had this like dreamy, ethereal effervescence that I really, really, really enjoyed. Splashes and accents of synth, uh, harmonizing vocals, little choir action, which will always kind of grab me. I dig it. It's one of my three standouts. I okay. First of all, Ariana Grande. I got I got uh, nothing to say bad about her voice. She's she she's good. I I enjoy her. She's got some she's got some bangers for sure. She's a goddamn uh, I, siren. I love it. Yes, absolutely. She um she's great on this track overall. I don't know. I wasn't like this this track. I just feel like this track and maybe a lot of the rest of the album. It doesn't it doesn't sound like it was mixed properly. And I thought the first time I was listening to it, I was listening to it just like on some like Bluetooth. Well, not the first time, but the first time I listened on a headphone, but I, like every time I've listened to it, I've listened to it on like my laptop with like earbuds. I've listened to it over like Bluetooth speakers. I was listening, I'll just do it with like good headphones. And it just doesn't seem like it was mixed properly. I don't know. It just, the mix just seems off to me. And, and, and I just feel like that is the most apparent on time. And that's another one. Tracklist. I'm looking at it. Six minutes and seven seconds. Do we need that last like three and a half minutes of that song? I feel like when people put those endings on songs, you're like making the DJ's life difficult. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's pretty much. I mean, what I really, really liked. I mean, you're you're fucking up my playlist, bro. Yeah. (laughs) This album, like any Childish Gambino record, you can pretty you can draw the direct line to 808. And heartbreak you know with Kanye. oh my god like, yes, as, yes and this one it kind of doubles down on it but like, you started to get like on a record uh, sorry on a track like 2419 he's like really channeling prince and i think that that's kind of been one of his like musical influences especially recently you know what i mean i think that obviously prince completely relevant has never lost relevance but his death kind of put forward again just reminding the population how important his music is janelle monet another one who really 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 does it i I love janelle monet her her album um uh dirty computer that that that's a fantastic it's a it's a really really good record so like the 20 like 24 19 kind of has like a purple rain beautiful ones kind of sound to it but then again it kind of trails off the end but it's it's really really good eight, eight minutes i just feel like at some point there needs to be some editing i guess yeah you know yeah. what I mean? In track length too on previous albums as well. Um, but I mean, this is a very 
I don't know, schizophrenic record, if you will, in terms of it's all over the it, it, uh, it's all over the place. I guess this would be my biggest criticism. Well, and and um, seeing as the album is quite all over the place, one track that I feel like sonically was very different than a lot of the album was um, track eight, uh, thirty-five, thirty-one. Yep, that is probably my favorite track. It's a little bit silly, but that hook just gets stuck. It like it burrows into my head, and I I went for a walk, um, the uh, like uh, the other night for this quarantine, and I, I threw that track on. And I went, it was like a 40 minute walk at night, um, you know, had that track on, on literally on repeat for, I'm going to say a good half an hour of that, of that, uh, of that walk. And I just listened to that song on repeat. Um, I love that song. I think it's fantastic. Um, it's a little shorter than some of the other songs. It doesn't have the, the most, um, kind of, uh, it, it doesn't drone on at the end. So I like that. And it was just kind of, I don't know. I thought it was silly. I thought it was fun. That one just really, really hooked me. God, it just brought its way in. Here's my first sentence I wrote about that. For some reason, this made me think of Bedouin Sound Clash. <laughs> is Bedouin Sound Clash good? I never knew. Like, no, they're like, no, they're, they're not. Like... This is obviously better than Bedouin Sound Clash, but <laughs> that's what it kind of reminded me of. And <laughs> they always had they had some all right tracks. Or he, I don't know if it's a guy or a band, or maybe it's a band now. But anyway, they had a couple all right tracks. They're Canadian. You got You can't. You can't fully hate. I feel like you're just going to be social media and internal company related backlash for this. But uh, <laughs> they're, we'll put it this way: they're not the worst. They're not the worst. They're not the worst. I, I listen. I th- that was on my standout tracks. Bad. I think for me, it's not necessarily that track. It's that that track is out of place. It is out of place, and I'm okay with that. Maybe, maybe that's why I like it so much because I don't really like the rest. Because of the you don't like the rest of the record, so the yeah. out of place track would logically. I uh, no, that makes definitely makes sense. So, in terms of where this record fits into the rest of his career and the rest of what he's doing, like, what do you think about that? Okay, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm I love like everything. So, are we talking about musical career or like everything? everything career? Oh, everything. We're talking about him as the multi-media uh, artist. Like, how does this... Is there a connection between what he does in other mediums to this record? And the work he's been um, doing lately? Honestly, I'm going to probably... Are we, are, like, as far as how it relates, I think I feel like it's kind of its its own thing. Um, I feel like it's pretty segmented from a lot of the other stuff he's done. And as far as a ranking goes, honestly, I probably rank it around you know the bottom i mean it, it's it's obviously much better than his old mixtapes and stuff but as far as, you know what i would say it's better than his netflix well i mean it's not netflix but it's on netflix his netflix stand-up special that i felt was a little rough i thought that was okay this is better than that if you can compare them it's kind of comparing apples to oranges but um yeah, it's it's gonna be near the bottom for me um, as far as as the entire career. Do you think he purposely compartmentalizes the various aspects of his career? Yes and no. I mean, if you look at uh, because the internet, uh, I'm not sure how much you know about that album, but um, just for the listeners, that that album is a concept album, and not only is it a concept album, but there's a script that went along with it. There's a feature film. There's a short film that's like pretty much a shorter version of the feature film. Well, it's like a part of the feature film. And then he essentially 
the title, like the character of the album, he lived as that character for a year. So I'm going to say yes, that his art is compartmentalized. But when it comes to that specific um, project, I mean, the, the dude lived that, literally lived that album for a year. And then puts out, you know, like releases a script that's based on the, I don't know. I, I just think that that is, as an aside, I just think that is fucking insane. And I love it. I'm wondering if he doesn't think of things in terms of their medium, but more in terms of, you know, but, you know, just by, by projects in general, you know what I mean? Like, this is what I want to express. And the best way to express it is via this or via that. Like if he wanted to, you know, talk about and depict, you know, black life in America, he probably felt that Atlanta and television was the best way to do that rather than talking about it in an album, which I'm sure he does talk about it in an album, but having, but it's not the, you know, the, the central motif. There's lots of motifs in what he talks about, you know, musically. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. Also, I feel like a lot of times, I don't know, you know what? I I think you're right. I was going to say that a lot of times maybe he wants to make a project, but I don't know. I feel like, I, I, you know what? I, I couldn't hazard a guess. I could not hazard a guess if it's kind of like the feeling influences the project or the project influences the feeling. I, uh, for him, you know what? I, if if I were to guess, I would say probably it, it would be some for sometimes, you know, and then the other way for other times. Do you think this idea of being, you know, the multifaceted artist takes away from the other art forms? Like, for example, can he, like I was talking about, he makes good records, but he's yet to make the, like that, great remember forever record do you think it's because his energy is taken by other things i think that initially um initially that was an issue he was like oh he's he's that guy from community and he makes funny rap songs oh yeah they're kind of catchy oh that guy yeah he makes funny rap songs oh i saw that guy on the internet back in the day oh yeah he has you know some good songs and then all of a sudden but I think change that. I mean, because the internet to a certain extent, but then as we talked about, like Awaken My Love, that propelled him to a whole nother stratosphere. People were like, damn, this dude can sing. You know what I mean? Like, he's not just, a, like, he can't just, he's not just making funny rap songs that sometimes go hard. That he is, like, that is a musically tight album. And you put that on for anybody, whether they know who Don Glover is or not, Chances are they're probably going to dig it. I think it's probably difficult because there's baggage from everything bleeding into everything else. Mm -hmm. So how we interpret success from a film standpoint, people will say it doesn't influence them, but it bleeds in and you have to kind of take on that baggage, right? And I think that there's a fearlessness associated with that that's really cool about him. See, it's interesting because we're talking about not liking this record, but we're talking about the artist still in a very positive light. And I think that's because with him, it's largely about experimentation. I think it's about taking risks. I think he's pushes chips all in pretty much at all points. And I mean, there's not a lot of people who do that. I think that he's doing what Kanye West thinks he can do. Because Kanye West is obviously one of the, if not the most important producer of the last 30 years and musician uh, and uh, artist of the last 30 years. Um, but can he sing? 
Well, this Somebody is what I'm told to... him he could. Well, this is what I'm saying, but like, yeah. Even, but, but even his, you know, I want to make leather jogging pants. I want to be a fashion designer. It's like, you know what? Maybe you're not good at that. Not everybody can be good at everything. You may have to be okay with except being Donald Glover. Except, well, this is my thing: <laughs> is that not everyone can be oh good at everything. And well, we don't like his stand up. How about that? There no, we go. I do. I do like his stand up. I, I see. Yeah, I, I don't I, like. I don't the Netflix special. I I just couldn't deal with. Did you watch it all the way through? Yes, me and Samantha. Yeah, yeah, and that, as I was saying earlier, it's it's not the best. It's a little rough. His delivery is off. But I have seen him, not in that. I've seen him on like YouTube stuff and whatever where his stand up is actually pretty fucking tight um so don't let that i don't know if you've seen anything else but don't let that be a true representation but i agree as i said before that that stand up is rough it's it's not the best there's a there's a couple little good bits a couple little funny stories a couple little genuinely funny moments but overall yeah no it's it's um he comes across as unexperienced in it yeah and i think that like maybe that's the weakness but still there's worse stand-up specials and, you know, getting back to the Kanye West thing, it's it's like Kanye West wants to do all of these things, but he's really good at music and marketing, and that's good. And it's okay to be just a musical genius. But Donald Glover, I think, you know, he's not really limited by much. He's super intelligent. He always has the best collaborators with Atlanta, also collaborating with his brother. Um, you know, I, for me, I what I like about watching his career is that I'm wondering how far he can take it. I think in Atlanta, he's created legitimately one of the greatest shows of all time. I think it will go down as that. I think it will go down as a very important show. Like this able, this ability to strike a balance between, you know, a frank depiction about black people in America, you know, adding comedy and, you know, this weird David Lynch surrealism as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think his ability to do that and make that show into something. I mean, he really takes the note from, you know, Louis C.K.'s FX show, uh, which I think is also another show that's going to go down as one huge, of the best ever. It's going to go down as hugely well. influential. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that kind of opened a door for a show like this to take it in a more surreal fashion. Um, because I think that there is some ideas, uh, like some surrealism in Louis' show, but it's more in terms of like a self look. Whereas, it's like a mirror image Atlanta of, you know, what he's seeing in society. And I think that it's, you know, it's hard to do that multiple times across different disciplines. So just, just first off, what, what, what I love about Atlanta is, um, FX. It's on FX. Yeah. It's on FX. Yeah. So Donald Glover initially got it greenlit by pitching the first two episodes and you watch the first two episodes and they're, you know, they happen essentially sequentially. There's maybe, an hour in between the two episodes, they tell a story, they kind of lead to the things that you think are going to happen for the rest of the season. And you're like, Oh, okay. I know what this show's about. It's about this guy. He wants to manage his up and coming cousin. Who's uh, you know, he's an up and coming hip hop artist, paper, paper boy. And um, yeah. So you think you're like, Oh, okay. So that's how Don Glover, he wrote the two episodes, and then they're like, okay, they greenlit, greenlit the rest of this, the the first season, gave him 10 episodes off the back of those first two, and then he's like, nah, fuck it, and did his own thing with the with the last eight. And then, like, you almost never, like, what the entire first two episodes set up, almost they almost never even go back to it. You think it's about going to be about the guy that, spoilers, are we allowed to talk about spoilers? Absolutely. Spo- here on out, spoilers for Atlanta. Um, very mild. 
well, I think it happens in like the very first scene of Atlanta. Am I wrong? Where Paperboy shoots the other guy? Does yeah. that happen in the very? Yeah, happens in the very first scene. So it's barely a spoiler. So anyway, so that that shooting you think is going to be at least personally, I thought was going to be pretty much the biggest crux and the biggest through line for the whole season. And it's mentioned once later as an aside, like, oh, I'm on probation for that. Or I, I forgot what it was, but it was just in one throwaway line where they went back to it. And you think that's going to be like the whole show. So anyway, that's just an aside. But yeah, Atlanta is just, it, it, it's, as you said, it's going to be one of the most influential shows. It's going to go down in, in, in uh, the zeitgeist and the pop culture history of, of, of being one of the greatest shows. And I mean, for, for, for us, where we live and who we are, I'm sure we get, we're just barely scratching the surface of everything that that show has to offer. I'm sure that if you live in Atlanta and you're part of that cult, like ingrained in that culture, that show is going to mean a whole lot more to you. Maybe not a whole lot more, but it's going to be mean a lot more different things to you than it would to me. Well, yeah, I definitely think, especially if you're a black person and, you know, I, he said that he wanted to make a show that, you know, shows what it's like for black people to live in America. And, you know, he says that some of the stuff is, you know, funny, but some of the stuff is horrific. And, you know, it's part of what he has dealt with, you know, every day of his life and especially growing up with black people deal, deal with every day of his life. So I definitely think there's a context we're obviously not going to get you know, under, you know, uh, appreciate, but it's, it's, it's so well put together and it really is to finish this thing up. What I'd like to do is I'd like to talk about our top three favorite Donald Glover projects. Are we going to do this back and forth or are we going to do our, where we going to do one, no, two, three, you know what? Let's do this. Uh, let's do this back and forth. Okay. Like video game podcast style. Yeah. Like video game podcast style. So, my first, my third is because the internet, I have my note, specifically tracks one through ten and the closer. I, Dude, you're missing so much gold? No, I've listened to that record so many times. I probably listened to that record more than any other record by him. And it just, I'm, there's some tracks where I'm just like, this is objectively not, my point is don't make it 20 tracks. I have this problem with long albums i have this problem with double albums take something out because yeah we we've we've had the white album talk yeah exactly well that's what that's what it is though like it's probably the best one of the best single records ever made but like you didn't have to go into the double so with that it's just the tracks on the first the first half of that album is so good and has bangers sonically amazing i love that track shadows where it really fits in with what's going on with the rest of the with, with the the record, but at the same time it offers something completely different. I love it, and I think that it's just so on point. Also, the videos from that are incredible, mm -hmm. which I will All get into. All the videos into. are excellent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just rewatched the video for uh, three thousand five. It's like on the Ferris wheel with the, the, uh, with the bear. With yeah, the yeah. Bear. It's, it's so good. So good. It's, it's so, so good. simplistic. It, like that's 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 peak peak sad boy Glover right there though. Yeah, I think if you were to show, create a meme of Sad Boy Glover, you would just take a picture of him holding that bear on the first. But it's just so well lit and it's so beautiful. And beautiful. The whole, and the whole time you're not like, why is this only a shot of this fucking one guy? It's really good. And uh, it, it's, 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 you know, it's fantastic. Um, so, yes, because the internet, number three for me. Okay. Um, I would say because the internet is also my number three. But I, since I knew that you were going to choose it, 
Um, I'm going to go with uh, one of his mixtapes. Um, I'm not going to say it's his best mixtape, but his royalty mixtape. Um, I like it. When that came out, I played the fuck out of it. Like, I love that mixtape so much and all all like the samples on it like everything from like um sampling uh like the 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 drive soundtrack like uh sampling uh Britney Spears it's just well I mean it's it's a mixtape so it's barely a sample it's it's very much uh you know but yeah you you have like Beck on there doing an album uh, sorry uh, a track like it's just so good it, it's just front to back so fucking good and it's just like since the mixtape he just doesn't it's it's like he doesn't give a fuck. He's just like, yo, let's do this. And just every track is grimy. Every track is a banger. Every track has an amazing uh has amazing verses. The hooks are killer. So I I just really love that song. Yeah, just overall, I I, I just really, really love royalty. It's probably one of if it were an album of his, I would put it up there with one of my favorite albums. I, I really, really do love it. My number two is the music video for Sweatpants. Okay. Okay. It is, it, it's a good one with, all, with him as multiple characters in it and then goes yeah. through it multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. It's so well put together. And then also, this was kind of my first introduction into Hiro Mirai. So I appreciate it. It was really fucking good. Uh, and I love that song. It's one of my favorite Childish Gambino tracks. It's fantastic. It's so good. Viscous don't make noise when I start up. Just so you know, like it's just such a good track. Like that, that beat, the like again, the hook, everything. I, I love that song. Amazing video, as you said. Every video on that on that um, every every video on that album is is great. is is just fantastic. That's one where where I could watch that one a bunch of times too. Like you're always kind of catching something else in, in the background. Yeah, and I think that this is where being, you know, the the multidiscipline artist is good. Because, you know, he really has a vision with things. You know, he's able to work with his collaborators. You're bringing everyone together. And, you know, I would listen to this song. I would just bang it in my headphones, you know, when I leave the house every morning. I fucking loved it. Okay, well, um, my number two, I would have to give it up for a community. Um, I know he wasn't on it for the entire run. He left, I believe, two seasons early. Never really recovered from season when he five, left. Season five, yeah, he left. Yeah. Uh, was he there for season five? So he was... No, I think it was the beginning of season five. It's like he left before season five. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, so, yeah. so yeah, season six and seven. Sorry, five and six were without him. So I, I think that the show... I'm not going to say that it was him leaving that caused the show to fail by any means. But I'm just saying that when he left, there was a significant downturn in quality. Um, just his relationship with, um, with Abed. Um, I can't remember the actor's name at the moment. I probably should have done my homework, but uh, them two together as Troy and Abed, like their relationship, how it evolved over the seasons was just fantastic. Um, I mean, I, I drink out of a Troy and Abed in the morning mug almost daily. So I'm a big fan of this. And it's just, the show is just fantastic. I have gone back and watched a few episodes since. There are issues with the show now. It is a little tone deaf, but I mean, it is, when, when did it come out? Like 2006, 2005? Yeah. Like 2007, something like that. So, I mean, it is, 
times have changed. Um, so you do have to look at it in the time. Um, I'm not excusing it by any means, but uh, yeah. Overall, though, I will I will say that the the banger episodes are just fantastic. Like like the um like the like the uh the the, the fort episode when they're building the fort always got me. The Law and Order episode always got me. Their Christmas specials were great, especially the um um Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer style one. Yeah, it's just everything, and it's such a funny thing to see it watching the first couple episodes, if not the first full season, where it's very much almost like, um, I mean, not to the extent of Parks and Rec, but it's almost a different show in the first season. But yeah, big fan of Community, and uh, yeah. The actor who played uh, Abed is Danny Pudi. Of course, of course. Yes, uh, he's fantastic. I love that show. Uh, It's a good hang. Yeah, there's some things that, you know, in it where I'm like, you know, there's some eye rolls. But honestly, it's a good hang. It's a great show. It's hilarious. Um, Samantha and I are watching it right now. We're going through it again. Because How far have, are you guys? It's two, halfway through season two. Oh, um, yeah. And you definitely see you know, the progression like from the, the first to second season. That's the prime. You're in the good stuff now. Yeah, we're definitely in the Goldilocks zone of the uh, of, of, of community. So I, I'm loving it. It's fantastic. Um, I really, I, I really, I haven't, as I said, it just got released on Netflix. So I've kind of just been popping, popping in, popping in there. I got to watch it all the way through again, start to back. So number one, I'm pretty sure we both have the same thing. I, well, I, I'm, I know what you're going to, you chose Atlanta, so I'm not choosing Atlanta. Oh, you're but it is, it is a, no, I want to talk about something else. Okay. I'm going to choose Atlanta. <laughs> I will also choose Atlanta, but spoilers. It's okay. Not while we're here talking about Atlanta, favorite episode of Atlanta. Ooh, okay. Uh, mine, uh, mine is the talk show. The talk, was, sh- the talk show okay. one is just for me. That was the moment where you're like, this isn't the nor- a normal show. This is yeah, this, this is, is something. something this is something else. This is something special. They're looking at it differently. The commercials they did in it are hilarious. The Arizona iced tea. The commercial. Arizona iced tea commercial. That's the, on the, kid. the backwoods. Uh, <laughs> the sorry, the pre. The pre-emptied blunt, uh, blunts. It's and so... Paperboy just getting so real too. You're just like, whoa, holy he, fuck! He is incredible. Um, he is absolutely. I'm trying to remember the name of the actor. It's what is it? Uh, I can't remember. Brian Tyree Henry. Yes, Brian Tyree. Incredibly. I do different. have. Yeah, I had a computer in front of me. I could have looked up all sorts of things. <laughs> He's good. Uh, also, cool, uh, really liked his little uh, cameo in Joker. Yeah, yeah, he was great. Um, as far as my favorite episode, I would probably have to say um, the one where uh, Paperboy wants to get his hair cut. <laughs> Do you, you know that one where he wants oh, to get yeah, his, yeah, yeah, his yeah. haircut? And then he, he has to... Um, he has to follow the barber everywhere. Yeah, he, like the barber keeps making up all these excuses not to give him a haircut. So first of all, I thought that that episode was hilarious. Loved it when I first saw it. Um, you know what? Actually, I'm going to change it. I'd probably say my favorite episode is the last episode. Um, just because that one made me audibly gasp. But that one specifically was one of my faves. Just because I saw it. I loved it. Thought it was hilarious. Then I went for the first time to a black barber shop. And it was like the exact same thing. The dude stopped. Like, first of all, one of the best haircuts I ever got. But it was like a two hour haircut. So the dude, like, he's like 
stopped. He had like some he had some lunch. He went and checked the mail. He like left for a bit. He like came back. He was like taking a call. He was like sending texts. Again, one of the best haircuts I ever got. But damn, I was late for a thing with my with my family. And they're like, how the hell did this haircut take two hours? I'm like, don't ask. But the point in the uh, at the end of the episode is he would he gets that sick ass haircut. Yeah, it was worth it. Exactly. And that's the thing. It was worth it. And I have been back to that same hairdresser, that same barbershop multiple times. Okay, Lanza, let's let's talk about your number one. All right. So my number one would have been Atlanta. First of all, I would be remiss without mentioning the entire reason I got into Donald Glover was back in the day, um, the Derek comedy stuff on College Humor. Back in the day, I used to live on College Humor. I loved that site, loved all their skits, whatever. And they had these guys, Derek Comedy, which were... I forgot a, about Derek Comedy. Dude, a bunch of their stuff was so funny and, like, so ahead of his time. Again, now it's 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 a different time. There's a lot of um, intense, for lack of a better word, skits. But, man, they are so funny. And then they also put out um, a movie called uh, Mystery Team, which is fantastic the the cinematography is surprisingly good for like being so low budget it's very very funny guys whoever's listening if you haven't seen the movie mystery team check it out it's essentially uh three guys were the hardy boys and in, in um when they were younger they never grew up out of being the hardy boys so now they're about to graduate high school and they're still like the shitty hardy boys uh solving shitty mysteries but then they get wrapped up in a murder and drug fueled escapade anyway it is fantastic so i'd be remiss without mentioning Derek comedy and mystery team but having said that my number one choice is the album camp now camp it's not his best album we've talked about that i don't think it's as good as awaken my love i don't think it's as good as because the internet but just for when that album came out i remember when i remember i moved in i moved out of my parents house right when that album came out and i just remember listening to that album in my new place this is my first time having moved out on my own. I'm listening to it in my own room, listening to it all the time, like um, to and from work. And it just, when I listen to that album, it just transports me back to that time so, so much. Um, and I'm including the, um, the, the, the little EP B-sides too, because, you know, all those tracks are amazing. But Bonfire, you, you got Bonfire, you have, you, you have just all these tracks that are just, um, just fantastic. The videos for those songs too, great videos. But yeah, I, I just the the nostalgia behind that is just too strong that I cannot I, I can't overlook camp. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we got to get going. Andrew Lanza, thank you so much for doing this, and uh, stay healthy, everybody. Thank you. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Just a reminder: if you like this podcast and want to keep hearing it, subscribe and give us a five star review. And if you're not already subscribing to our YouTube channel or following us on social media, get on it. You will not regret it.